Hey everybody, what's up? This is Mike Rudd, one half of Hashtag 59. Hey, before we get into today's podcast with the Buck 50, I just wanted to drop you a quick note, let you know a couple things that are going to be happening in this podcast. First off, Dave, the founder of the Buck 50, is a good friend of mine. I've run in the race two years the only two years that has happened, but I also want to let you know we're going to talk about today about Reggie, the guy who ran the 150 miles by himself. We're also going to be talking about how Dave designed this 150 mile course in a winter by himself and how what they're doing by creating this vision and this adventure is so much more than just about running. I really hope you enjoy this podcast. As always, thanks for tuning in. And we'll talk to you very soon. Hi, everyone. This is Amy and Mike here with our podcast for Hashtag 59. We want to thank you, first of all, for tuning in where we discuss adventure in everyday places. So just to give you a little background on Hashtag 59, we're a kind of a community of outdoors and adventure advocates. And today we're going to discuss this really awesome race that both Mike and Dave have run and are a founder of, which is called the Buck 50 race. So to kind of kick this off, why don't we have Dave go ahead and why don't you start by telling us a little bit about the race and like how it got started, what's with the name, things like that. Awesome. Well, thank you, Amy and Mike, for having me on Hashtag 59. I've been following you guys. I think it's an awesome way to open up some doors for people to see some parts of this country that they might not otherwise see and whether they visited those places and been able to reminisce or whether they've been able to add some things to their bucket list of places they want to go. It's a really neat avenue to open those doors up to extra adventures and experiences. Thanks, guys. We're going to put that as a uh, testimonial on the front page of the website, okay? <laughs> right on, right on. That's what, that's what, yeah, I mean, it is awesome to see what you guys are doing. And we're thankful to be a part of that here at the Buck 50. So the Buck 50, in its name, stands for 150. So we developed a 150-mile relay race with 10 runners on a team. Each runner runs three different times throughout the 150-mile course, and they're running about five miles each time. They'll get, oh, about six hours of break or so between each run. Uh, I guess it depends on how fast or slow their teammates are as to what that break looks like for them. But we started planning this race back in September of 2015. I had ran in a relay race in Kentucky called the Bourbon Chase back in 2012 great race and that was the first like real big time running event i had ever participated in other than just doing some 5ks and so you know i trained my tail off i ran five days a week i get up to where i you know actually ran 11 miles which was just crazy for me to think of before i you know started training but it just goes to show that if you follow a training plan and you're disciplined you can accomplish about anything you want to in your in your running goals. You just got to be out there doing it. So, you know, I, I ran that race and I had such a fun time being a part of this team experience. There were people on my team that I did not know before and they've become really close friends of mine since. And when I got back to Ross County, I just, you know, as I looked around the geography, I always felt like that 
there was a lot of great things that Ross County had to offer from some state parks, the hills that we have here, that we could put on a relay race like that here. I just never really had a reason to do it. So I'd probably say back in 2014, I actually designed a 110-mile course, but I just thought, man, this thing is a ton of work. I don't, I don't know that I have that in my spare time. And in the summer of 2015, I was at a Rotary Club meeting. I'm a Rotarian. Thank you. And we heard about this. We had this drug epidemic going on. You know, everyone is facing that same problem. But here locally, we were having this problem with these missing women. It was led to be drug-related. And we started thinking about the future. And Wayne Campbell from Tyler's Light told us about Drug-Free Clubs of America. And I was like, well, what is that? And, you know, he talks about how there was this volunteer rewards-based program where kids would sign up and join, and then they get all these perks and discounts at different businesses within the community. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. And I had two young kids. I mean, at this point, my daughter's 13 and my son is nine, and I start thinking about as they're growing up and trying to have something in place to protect them. And so Chris Scott, who was the president of a Rotary Club, really wanted to move forward this program, and Chris and I were talking, and Chris and I kind of made this deal that I said, well, you go get the kids enrolled in the program and I'll figure out how to pay for them. And that was when the idea really came to light of developing this relay race that we could make to be really difficult by using all the hills that we have in Ross County. And yet it could be the funding mechanism to help pay for these kids. That's great. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a great concept, and it's so it, it follows a little bit of like the Tom's model. I think it's just very transparent. For those of you who don't know Tom's, it's you buy one of their shoes, a kid in a underdeveloped country gets a pair of shoes. Uh, it, it's just you guys are very are easily able to show. You run you run this many kids get helped. Uh, I'd be curious your first go at this 110 mile race how do you go about were you sitting there at your kitchen table with like a pen and a pad like were you out in the woods like what was the first step in in drafting out a 110 mile like race so matt my run is your friend um i've used that in the past to develop you know running courses for myself you know you need to go out and you need to run five miles that day so how can I do that without spending endless hours running in a circle around the track? So, um, you know, I had used that website. And when I was trying to develop something within Ross County, you know, you got to, first of all, start thinking about safety. How, what roads do we want people to run on? What is a, you know, a road that has a lot of blind corners or, or people drive too fast? So that was kind of the beginning phases of how to um, design what the course was. And then the, as, as time went by, we really started thinking about, you know, okay, we're going to do 150 miles. And that was based on this. So most of these big, huge relay races like the Bourbon Chase and many of the Ragnar races, there are 200-mile race with 12 runners on each team. They can take between, say, 25 to 36 hours. 
And we really wanted to design something that people could take off work on Friday. That was important to us. Like, hey, let's let's get you a three-day weekend here. So you take off on Friday. You get done on Saturday. You rest up on Sunday. You go back to work, right? Yeah. So we felt like 150 miles fit the bill of trying to be around, you know, 20 to 28 hours, keeping it under 30. So that's how we came up with the 150. And then when we started spitballing ideas of what we were going to call this thing, and that took months, you know, you, you, it's like naming your child, you know, you're going to call this thing that for, for the rest of their life, it's got to work. And, uh, it's, uh, I mean, of course, and then once you have that name, you can't hardly remember any of the other ones that you had. Um, so, so that's how we came up with this 150 mile thing. Now the, the actual design and, and how did that take place? So you go back to map my run, you know, I designed something that's about 150 miles. And because our program is supporting these eight high schools in Ross County and the schools are spread out, we really started to target those schools as being checkpoints. So how can we incorporate those schools that we're supporting into the race? So we actually of the eight high schools, we actually are able to hit three of them. Um, some of them just logistically don't work out for us to go to, but um, we use those three high schools as part of that. And then there was a lot of miles driven on the road. I'd say I probably spent about 100 hours designing the course. Um, you go to map my run, you design some things, then you go out and drive it. I remember back in January of 2016 being out in Tar Hollow State Park going down this road that started out paved. It then became gravel. It then became a dirt road. It it then became like briars on both sides of the road. And I'm in my wife's Honda thinking, this is not probably a good idea. And I might want to think about backing up and turning around here. Um, so then you kind of cross that section off and you, you go back and you reroute something else that could work. Nice. Excellent. So along the same lines then about this whole um, experience and kind of like what it is, um, I kind of wanted Mike to talk about, since he is a participant and a runner, kind of his experience with it. And then we'll have you, Dave, kind of talk about like your experience. That's great. So... It is honestly, like I, I've said to people, I think it's the best adventure in the state of Ohio. What is happening because with this Because of all the places you, you get to see. It's just such a crazy experience uh, for, for the good. There's so many things at play. You get thrown together with 10 people that some of which are like one of like my very, very good friends the first time we did it. Some of which I barely even knew the people. Only knew him because we had like a happy hour get together like two months before the race. To kind of talk about things. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually got a – Dave and these Buck 50 people are everywhere. And I ran the Columbus Turkey Trot November of 16. And it said – they had a bumper sticker in the bag from the, oh. from the five-mile Turkey Trot that just said 150 miles, 24 hours, one day, April, whatever. And I texted to my buddy, Greg, and I said – should we get a team? And he just wrote back on like Thanksgiving day in 10 minutes. He was like, yeah. And that was, and we filled out the team, but 
you go rent the you go rent this cargo van. Yeah. And you somehow negotiate with your wife to drive you guys <laughs> all around all night. So you don't sleep. You run I run eighteen miles over the course of twenty four hours on no sleep. You're staying up in the middle of the night in these state parks. You're connecting with people from all over the country. It you run the first leg and you're like, this is easy. Like this is that's just the beginning. Yeah, this is so <laughs> fine. And then you do the second one, you're amped up because it's the middle of the night. You're on no sleep. I'm running down these country roads with a headlamp on. And I'm like, I got this. This is fine. Actually, the first year I hallucinated and like could barely <laughs> finish that leg. But this year I thought, great. Then all of a sudden you're sitting there and it's nine in the morning. You still haven't slept and you got to get back out there and hit another seven miles and you want to click the pace it's just this wild ride and you start to become slap happy while excited and and then you know what the vision of the race is and you it's just this one big community of people it's not just your team it's 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 everyone yeah it's it's helping the community and kind of seeing like what it does and it's you're pushing your limits yeah, we're Especially gonna, if you're not sleeping. Yeah, we're going to talk about the black diamond later. But I mean, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're just pushing, like you're pushing everything. Like it was this year, it was eight, it was 9 a.m. I wanted to run, we were falling off our pace time a little bit. And I wanted to run eight and a half minute miles. And I was running into like a 20 mile per hour headwind. And it was. Oh, yes, it was crazy windy down there. I remember that. And I was just like, how I'm going to do this. And it's just like push. It, it's it's like those final miles of a half marathon or a marathon. Only you're, you haven't slept in a day and a half, <laughs> and you know. So that that's my that's my experience. Uh, best best adventure in Ohio, though. I love it, Dave. You know, for me, I you know the first year I I thought I could run in the race. I was that we have uh, that we have this guy Reggie O'Hara who runs the whole hundred and fifty miles, and I had planned that you know I was going to run through Great Seal State Park in the middle of the night with him, and then I realized that I probably shouldn't do that. So I you know I started with him early when he ran Wednesday. Um, for for me, the thing that I love the most is the friends that I've made that. I otherwise wouldn't have known because of the race. And and during our marketing, we kind of came up with this term of, you know, buck 50 runners. So when I talk to people, I, you know, I'm addressing the, the buck 50 runners. And to me, that's a, that's society, that group, that's a, those are people who have pushed their limits. They're involved. We're kind of like family. And, that was kind of something I didn't expect. It just kind of happened. Um, and I feel like now I walk around, I see all these people who I now know and call friends. And many times my kids will be like, well, who is that? And I typically will say, well, that's one of our buck 50 runners. Nice. And that's an awesome feeling as a race director to feel like that the people that are coming in to participate in your event are they're not just participants. They're not just paying a registration fee. They're not just um, training for 12 or 16 weeks to prepare for your event. They're, they're real people who you care about and they care about you. And they really are invested in this uh, adventure that we're really all on together. 
you raise a um, good you raise a good point with that too in that like our team is on a tech string kind of ah. year round and after the race when a couple people ran the Cap City half, they sent out photos and everybody's congratulating them. Our one of the girls on our team, Mackenzie, just uh, she tried out to become a Bengal. She's a, now a, Beng, a Bengal cheerleader for like the NFL football oh, really? team. She made the team and like so she like sent like she posted on Instagram and then she told all of us and it was like this round of congratulations. So there is that community, yeah, which is great. Yeah, uh, you we were. Just, the next question we were going to ask you was like some of the stories, Dave. Uh, yeah. Can we talk about Reggie? Can you tell the audience about Reggie a little bit? Sure. So part of our—I'll uh, go backwards to come to come back to Reggie. So one of our local uh, Chris Scott, who had who had been involved in some motocross events, had the U.S. Army as a sponsor for their events, and so he said, "Dave, you might want to think about." reaching out to the army as a sponsor. And I brought that to the buck 50 committee meeting one night. And Joe Spalding was like, man, I don't like taking money from the military. We should be supporting the military. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much true there. So we came up with this idea that in an effort to support the military, we were going to give away five free military teams. Mm. And so we talked about that at one of our committee meetings, and Victoria Schaefer, who's a local photographer, she said, well, you ought to talk to Reggie O'Hara. And I'm like, well, who's that? She well, he's been in the military. He's a former Army Ranger, and he runs a lot. And I said, well, just have him give me a call. So that was back in, like, June of 2016. Uh, Reggie calls me one night, and I literally talked to Reggie for, like, 45 minutes to an hour the very first time I ever talked to him and and he was just like Dave you just sound so passionate about this like I I feel like I want to do this and I said well Reggie here's what I can tell you I really don't know anything about putting on a 150 mile relay race it's just what I'm doing to help these kids (laughs) I do believe in helping them and this is how we're going to do it so we're going to have to figure out some things in the next year and a half but um we'll do that and so I really started to talk to Reggie a lot. Reggie's someone who's ran over 20-some ultra-marathons. He competed in the Midwest Grand Slam of ultra-marathon running, where I think he ran four races in about five weeks, you know, placed in that. You know, they're running 100 miles each time, which is just, that's not something I can comprehend. And at this point, you know, as I'm talking to Reggie, the more I talk to him, you know, he was going to run, and I thought he was going to put in a five-person team. And the more I talked to him, the more I started to tell my committee, I'm like, I think Reggie's going to try to run this whole thing. And they're like, what? <laughs> I think this guy's going to do it by himself. Oh my yeah, God. and so it was like, you know, it was kind of those things I really, you know, I'm a pretty spiritual guy, and I really believe that things happen for a reason. And so I really started to understand that, that God really brought Reggie and I together for, for lots of reasons. So Reggie's in, I mean, at this point, I talked to Reggie two or three times a week since the first time I met him. We've really become great friends. And, you know, he's in my ear telling me what a great job we're doing, and I'm thinking, Reggie, we got six teams, man. We, we're not really getting it. He goes, you just keep working, Dave. You just keep working. <laughs> 
So I think it was when we did the first little buck, which was in November of 2016. And, and he's looking at the course map and I'm like, so Reggie, what's your real plan for this race? He says, well, I got 24 hours, so I'm going to run as, as hard and as far as I can and see how far I get. And I said, well, you can, you don't have a limit here, Reggie. And his, his wife, Carrie was like, well, I thought there was a limit. And I said, well, there is for the teams of whoever, but if you're telling me you want to do something different, we'll figure a way to make this work for you. And so he said, okay. He goes, uh, let me kick this around. So he came to Chillicothe in February, a few months before that first race. He came in on a Friday or a Thursday, I think it was, on a recon run, and he ran all 150 miles over about a three and a half day period. Wow. And, you know, I'm, of course, the course isn't March. So I've basically just given him maps and I would meet up with him every, you know, six or eight hours as I could to help keep him on track. But, you know, the guy's a former Army Ranger. He now has a doctorate degree in exercise physiology. He works at Wright Pat in the 7th 11th Performance Enhancement Wing. He helps train fighter pilots, you know, in a physical fitness realm. And he is just extremely dedicated to helping other people. And when he sees a town like Chillicothe, Ohio, trying to fight this drug epidemic, and he sees a group of people who, you know, rise up, and basically kind of tackle this thing on their own. You know, they're not waiting around for the government to do it. They're not waiting around for hierarchy to take over. They just said, you know, we're doing this, and we're going to help these kids the old-fashioned way by doing work and raising money, and that's a lot of what inspires Reggie to participate with us. So, you know, he's ran both years, ran 150 miles, and... I tell people all the time, I talk to him two or three times a week, and I still can't explain what he does. He just does it. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. I didn't know all that about Reggie either. Uh, what? Where are some of the other – I know a lot of – the volunteers, I love the volunteers. Oh, are, are they, like, crazy? They're just crazy. They're crazy. Awesome. Well, they have to be because they're staying up pretty much. They are. For, for they are, days. yeah. And But, like, the cool – I remember, forget, the first year I ran, the first leg, I'm – I have no idea at this point how far away I am from finishing, but I'm yeah. like, I gotta be sort of being close. All of a sudden, I hear in the distance, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, come on, come on, and and it just gets louder and louder and like more clapping. And I turn this corner, and about a half mile away is the Kiwanis Club <laughs> of Chillicothe or Ross County. And they're just bringing the heat, like bringing people in. Uh, there's this group that like sets up tiki torches in oh, Great fun. Seal State Park. Uh, one group, like like everybody makes donuts uh, or sandwiches for people. Dave, tell us a little bit more about like where are the people from, both the volunteers and the runners. So the, when we started to build build the race. Many times in a relay race, they'll require you as a team to bring in two or three volunteers to participate. And, and we always felt like we just wanted runners to come and be a part of the race. We didn't want them to have to worry about volunteers. So we started reaching out to, to civic groups and to businesses and to different churches 
And we wanted them to just kind of own that checkpoint. Like, we need you to be here from this time to this time. And so we had a couple volunteer meetings before the race. And, you know, this whole relay racing concept is still pretty foreign to a lot of people. There's not a lot of these across the country. I guess maybe 60 or so. Um, you know, people are familiar with the 5K. They're familiar with a half marathon or a marathon. But this idea of people running multiple legs and, and, like you said, running in the middle of the night is a foreign concept to them. So we had a couple volunteer meetings. We gave them lots of instructions on what to do, what to expect. And then in that first year, there was a part of this meeting where I kind of wrapped it up with this. I said, look, this committee has worked for the last year and a half to build this race. We have 38 teams coming in this first year. We need you guys to welcome them. We need you to be kind to them. We basically need you to not screw this up for us. <laughs> like, if you treat them well, they'll come back. Yeah. If you don't treat them well, we are done forever. Like, the whole, year, the whole first year is so pivotal. I mean, and... They were absolute rock stars. Like like you said, Mike, they welcome people in. I mean, we didn't even tell them to cook food or anything. And they just did it or they had music or DJs. And then, yeah, the you know, going the into the year two, pit. they just ramped it up even more. The gravel pit. Was that the gravel pit or the, the grain elevator? I, I, I was at either a grain elevator or a gravel pit at... 1.30 in the morning, getting ready to run, and this DJ was <laughs> popping Ludacris and Little John, and, the, and she had strobe lights going, oh, and the place was, I mean, party. yeah, the place was popping, that's yeah, awesome. yeah. Yeah, that's in Kingston, it's a grain mill. I, yeah. I got a phone call from a few neighbors, oh. um, <laughs> and I'm, but I'm, and I, and I wasn't there, like, it's kind of one of those things, like, is. When you got 150 miles, you can only see so much. So there's still checkpoints after two years that I haven't been to. But um, if it's any consolation, Mike, I don't sleep either. Um, okay. no, so I, I, I love the whole thing. I will not sleep. Like um, it's awesome. Yeah. So um, you alluded a little bit to some other, like, relay races or trail runs like this. Um, I know my one of my friends actually just did one um, through the Smoky Mountains area. Mm. Um kind of it's a little like a little similar it's yeah up all night and everything else um i know mike probably has some thoughts on this but are there any others that you know of that you want to talk about or you're like wanting to do so so i i would love to do i don't actually know if i want to do another one i would <laughs> love to run support at um, the Badwater 100 in death valley Oh. I've had a couple of friends run that. I've had friends run that too. My brothers thought about running it. It's in the Born to Run book. Uh, my friend, my friend Michelle said her sister ran it twice, and I just got that like in my head because if you do support in a race like that, somebody's running 100 miles, you get to run 15 to 20 by because like, you're running Cause support you're, yeah. with them. And I thought, man, running 20 miles through Death Valley would be great but i actually just wrote this on facebook today because a guy a, a friend of mine ran a 5k for the first time and i said gabe congratulations when when you hit bert your next step's going to be to do an ultra and when you do i'm your support guy and his 
friend Kate wrote below that whose husband is an ultra runner and she said, Mike, we're doing the solstice, San Juan solstice in Colorado or blah, blah, blah in Vermont next year. And she said, if you want to come along and support, <laughs> you just let us know. So I may, I may go do that oh, next nice. year. Dave, awesome. what, what do you got? It's definitely a culture. Like that whole ultra world is completely, it's a completely different group of people. Um, we, we get people who still come to us and want to run the whole 150 miles at the buck 50. You know, I think at this point we've, we've kind of established that we are a relay race, not an ultra. And, uh, although Reggie tells me he's, he's not coming back for year three, um, I'll, I'll always leave that door open for him if he decides to. Um, but you know, I think the thing that, that's exciting to me about the relay race concept. It's just that, that whole team camaraderie. And I think that's cause I'm a football guy by nature. Um, you know, to me, running was a punishment. It, it took me a long time to understand the, um, soul part of running and you get to that five or six miles and you feel so great cause you're accomplishing something that most people aren't even willing to try. Um, and I like that concept of just being able to, to test yourself and push yourself individually. I mean, I, I'm a big guy. I mean, I'm 6'4", 250. I'm never going to run uh, a marathon time that, that gets me into Boston. Um, you know, my I like to be close to around two hours when I run a half. Um, but the relay racing concept works out well for me, being able to, you know, be out, enjoy, compete, and uh, enjoy the camaraderie. That's great. Yeah, there is something a little nutty about it. I'd be remiss, we'll put this in the show notes, if, if you haven't seen the documentary of the Barclays. Oh, it's awesome, isn't it? Oh, it's such a good, and that's near the Smokies okay. mountain region as well. And I don't even want to get, I can't. we can't even get it into it because it wouldn't accurately describe it. But to see what this the relay race the ultra running and the running community in general is about the Barkley marathons is, is a great documentary. So maybe can we talk about kind of like for you, Mike, as a runner, like what is the most challenging part of the race and just kind of go yeah. into, and maybe the most fun part of the race. Nice. Yes. So, and I'm going to be curious to hear Dave's since he designed the course oh. Cha cha <laughs> challenging leg for me personally, was uh, both was both times was the night run, just because yeah. the first year I was a little over caffeinated, and the second, I mean, but you're still you got this headlamp on, you got this vest, and it's two in the morning, and you're running down this farm country road, and you're trying to run eight forty pace, and it's just something that you don't normally do, and you've already run seven, That's true. and you know you got to then navigate the van, so that was challenging, but the black diamond as it you alluded to this before it got nicknamed that i think by some of the runners and some <laughs> of the volunteers and some maybe some of the committee in year two but it is the second it is the 24th leg out of 30 and you sent the people go off from the top of this fire tower and it's all we know is the first year was it's like six miles and I, so I put six miles. I knew his trail. I put Ed down for like 11-minute miles. Ed, all of a sudden, we get down to the point. There's no cell phone service. We're waiting for people. 
and all of a sudden, like every half hour, every, and then every 20 minutes, runners just come straight down this hill out of the woods. And the looks and expressions on their faces <laughs> are something like I have never seen before. And this happened every single person. And Ed comes out and he just goes, holy crap, that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And like just laid on the ground. And it took him like he ran 15 minute miles. And this year... Same is thing. He like, oh, he's is he a fast runner? And he's a good runner. He okay. ran he ran nine minute he ran nine okay. minutes on his first leg. Okay. Let's put it that way. And this year we we threw our friend Greg in last minute on this. He hadn't even trained for this one, and it took him about the same. And everybody just comes out of this thing, just the shock and awe on their faces of what they just went through. It's it hard to describe. Like, it sounds like you're going to do it next year. Yeah, I think maybe I will. <laughs> most fun and most fun part, most fun part of the race. Gosh, you know, it's hard to pick a moment, but I will say like, of course the finish line is great, but I really, I loved, it was like 930 and I, I saw Meredith who's going to hand off the snap bracelet mm-hmm. to me. Everybody gets a snap bracelet okay. from leg to leg. I saw her coming and I knew I was about to go off on like my last leg and the sun was up and it was 75 and sunny and I hadn't slept and it was just, it was like, this is what I get to do for the next, I think it was like seven miles. And I was like, I just get to go and I get to run. And what a, what a opportunity to just live. Yeah. So that's mine. Dave, what do you, what do you got? You designed the thing. What's, what's the yeah, hardest what's leg, the hardest man? Leg? So... In my opinion, probably leg two is is the most difficult. It's got two really big hill climbs in it, and it's right around nine miles. So it's the longest leg we have, and it's got, like I said, two really significant hill climbs. But it's but it's mostly road. There's a little short half mile trail section in it. But the difference between say leg two and leg twenty four is that leg two is the first run of your race. Yeah. And I don't care if you're runner one or you're runner 10, the third leg's always going to be the hardest. I mean, you're excited on the first one, the second one you're in the groove, and by the third time you're out there running, your muscles have been loose, they've been tight, they've been loose, they've been tight, you haven't slept. I don't know how well you've taken care of your body nutritionally or through hydration, but that third one is tough. Now, leg 24, I can only take super mild credit for so there's a local runner named christine mccallum and she's a pretty experienced runner she lives in the site of trails area and we were designing the course i met with some local runners and i had a few questions about a few areas and this trail section came up that i didn't really know existed and christine was like well if you're leaving the fire tower if you just go back down this gravel road, you can jump on this long branch trail and then you can work your way over to Tar Hollow from there or Toad Hollow. The Toad Hollow is a road. I'm like, okay, well, that sounds pretty good. So we kind of map it out. And it's probably two months before the race, the first inaugural race. And at this point, I've been on every part of the course. I've ran 90% of the course myself. Um, but I had not been on this section. So we take off. We have a group run. There's maybe 20 people there. And 
as we're cruising on this thing, I really start to get to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, this thing is brutal. <laughs> and you get to one point where you cross over this, there's a, there's a roadway that you cross over that's about right at, I'd say, three and a half, four miles in. And you cross over Moss Hollow. And you start to go up this hill where you're basically crawling. Like the, the hillside is really close to your nose and your feet are still on the ground. It's that steep. So I'm, I'm like crawling up, crawling up this hill. I get about halfway up or what I think is to the top and I stop. And that day we were running um, with a good friend of mine, Stephanie Atkins. And Stephanie was wearing this bright red shirt. And I, and I kind of take a glance and I look around and all of a sudden her shirt catches my eye. Cause it's winter time, right? There's not a lot of trees or foliage out. And her shirt sticks out. And I look up and I'm like, oh, my goodness. We still have to go up to there? <laughs> and so, you know, that's at about four miles in. And the whole thing is just kind of up and down the whole time after that. Um, now, here's a little trick. Here's a little tidbit for you leg 24 runners. There's a creek that you cross right at about five miles in. Maybe even a little further than that. And to me, that's the breaking point. That's the part where everyone is shot. And you cross this creek, and there's three more hill climbs after that. Um, I've ran it enough now that I kind of know the lay of the land. But um, it's brutal because it's your third leg. It's brutal because it's a trail run. Um, but there's, it's such a beautiful piece of real estate. I mean, it's such, uh, it's a place that I'd love. I mean, I don't think you can do this, but I would love to hand out race medals to the number four runners right at that checkpoint, because they have certainly <laughs> earned their medal when they get to that leg 24 checkpoint. It's just, it's so great seeing them come down the hill because you can't see anything and we're all, everybody's there and there's like big groups <laughs> huddled up and, and. It just, when they come down, like this, this girl just came down and she finished and she was just like, F this. And just like laid down. <laughs> and like, I mean, it's great. Like some guy came down and was like, oh my gosh. Oh my God. Like, oh my gosh. What was that? What, what was that? That, oh. oh In the first year, a friend of mine passed someone, passed two other runners on that, on that leg at one point near the end about the creek area. And as he passed them, they're like, man, when does this end? When is it over? I, as a race director, gain a lot of joy from that because <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what you can job. build a race around. I mean, yeah. if you're going to run a race and you're going to earn this medal and you're going to invest your time and money into training for something, you want to have something that is, is worthy of your commitment. And certainly leg 24 and many of the other parts of this course um, bode well for that. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. That's really fun. So I think, I don't know, right now, and uh, I want to wrap, I guess, I think we've talked about like the running community. That's what I was thinking, yeah. A little bit. But like I, I there's something about, is, I want to hear your perspective on this, Dave, and as as we 
lean in to wrap up. Like it's just, there's such a community. I find it with yoga. I find it with CrossFit. I find it with hikers too. But like there's something about these active groups. When they come together, they just come together and it's, it's fun. And I'm a little bit in a lot of those groups and there's just nothing like it. And the relationships and the teamwork and the, the mental, I think we go do these things and then everything else in the real world is a little bit more fun, maybe easier at times, strengthens us. Uh, I'd love to, you know, as race director for something that builds this, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think one of the things that we had planned and hoped for has really come together for us. And, and we, we wanted to be able to recruit somebody like yourself, Mike, who, who finds our race, sees what it's about, and they say, hey, I'd like to do this. So then that person, you know, captains their team and they start to recruit some other friends who start to recruit some other friends. And that's how a lot of these Buck 50 teams are built. Um, one of my last, I always like the team names, and this year we had a team enter, and their team name was called Strangers Before Today. Oh, that's nice. I like that. And I was always curious, like, I'm, I'm feeling this, like, you didn't really know each other kind of concept, and then here's what's awesome. They've already signed up to come back for next year, and their team name this year is Strangers No More. Nice. Um, that's fun. So that's fun. It is, and, and we've had, like, um, there's a local high school principal, Mr. Kaplinger, who never even ran a 5K. His first race was the Buck 50 last year. Oh. And he's gone from running that in an effort to support the kids in his high school to now he runs all the time. I think he ran a half here um, in the last year. He ran with us again this year, ran a different leg of the race, a little more challenging leg than he did before. Um, and the race has got, you know, the Buck 50's got so many people running who maybe didn't run before because they got recruited by friends. They believe in this cause of drug prevention and helping out these teenagers. You know, I, there's a guy from Florida who runs with us. And, you know, he he's from this area. He's ran a lot of relay races, so when he heard there was one going to be in his hometown, you know, he wanted to come back and see it. But he told me he was so inspired by so many people that he knew growing up that he didn't really know as runners, but, but sees them pushing themselves and participating in this race. So, you know, I think that, that camaraderie naturally fits well with, with the volunteers, the team aspect, and, and then the runners. So, you know, leading up until the race, we have a lot of people who are out running their individual legs of the race to kind of learn the lay of the land. And it doesn't matter what team you're on. You know, we have this Facebook group called the Buck 50 Runners Group, and someone will just throw out there, hey, I'm running tomorrow at 5 p.m. I'm going to go run, you know, leg 13. Does anyone want to join? And, you know, five or six or so people will show up who didn't really know each other, but, you know, they're all in this group and they're all just trying to have a good time and uh, really have that full experience together. That's great. I Something about that is uh, Greg on our team who did Black Diamond this year. <laughs> at the finish line, uh, after about 
three beers, he declared that anybody who wanted to be on our team next year had to go run Black Diamond as a training oh, run before <laughs> before the race. So I thought that. I was, think so. Yeah, I think that definitely should be a requirement. Everyone should get to experience that sucker once. That was, I mean, that was pretty good. And, and then, it's not. In my my perception is that. Um, because we had a little team, we had a little community run down here back in in March. I called it the Buck Fifty Beatdown, the, the Leg Twenty Four Beatdown. That's what we named it. <laughs> and uh, I felt pretty strong that day. Like I ran it and I ran pretty well and felt confident all the way to the end. And uh, you know, as as the race was getting closer, my wife and I were talking, and Rachel was like, "You know, you did pretty good on Leg Twenty Four on a Sunday morning when it's nice and crisp. But imagine trying to run that thing after you've already ran, you know, yeah. 10 or 15, 10 or 12 miles, you know, and then you got to run that. Yeah. So it certainly would be a different experience. So before I let Amy wrap up, uh, I want to share team, our team names. Oh, yeah. So the first year we were born to run. I just am obsessed with that book, and I just threw that out there. But we finished. There was how many teams in the Plus first you year? Also Thir- make really cool shirts. That's Thir- we, had, we had thirty-eight That's teams in year one. Thirty-eight. Okay. Yep. So we finished in seventeenth. Okay. And so we named. I named a sixteenth place or bust for the next year. Oh, for seventeenth. The, the problem though is they doubled in size and therefore brought in a lot better <laughs> teams. So we didn't have a sniff at sixteenth place or bust. But I, which I didn't even like think about when I named the yeah. team. But I didn't realize that it was going to be so popular and so many more people were going to join. Yes. And, and, and so I thought, though, I would carry on my theme of my own stupidity. And we finished in third. How many teams were this year, Dave? We had 74 this year. 74. So we came in 30, 38th or 37th. Okay. So next year, we're 36th place or bust. So I'm going to do I'm going <laughs> to just keep idea. doing that. I'm just going to keep with that theme. A couple guys wanted us to just be called Bust, uh, but I, I thought it'd be kind of funny be, when we come across the line every year, and we're not even within sniffing distance of that place. Like everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, those that poor team." Yeah, exactly. Well, I still I still for. think back to when uh, when we got together last summer back in what was that August, yeah. and you were like, "So, what's your goal of teams next year?" I said, "Mike." I'm going to be ticked off if we don't get 100 teams. And you're like, no, seriously, what's your goal? I'm like, I need 100 teams, Mike. I got to have 100 teams. I need them. That's and what uh, That's he, he was not, he was trying to give me some strategy. And I have since used your, um, you know, stretch goals and realistic goals concept. Um, Good. But we were certainly, you know, thankful to have 74 teams last year and to have, 36 of those teams already registered for next year. Um, I think our 100-team team goal is certainly uh, possible. And who knows, maybe we'll get lucky and have a sellout of 150 teams and double our registration again. Who knows? That would be awesome. So, Dave, what's the website that people should go to to sign up? They just need to go to thebuck50.com, and that's all spelled out, T-H-E-B-U-C-K, F-I-F-T-Y dot com. Um, there is a ton of maps. There is a guidebook that you should read. Tons of information on there. And you can already sign up for next year's race, correct? 
Yep, current registration fees, you can get in for 1050 bucks a team. Um, those prices start to escalate, I think, in August, October, and December. Uh, we closed registration on February 1st. Okay, awesome. Well, I just want to thank you, Dave, for um, talking to us about the Buck 50 race. And then also want to thank everyone for tuning in to our Hashtag 59 podcast. We want you to continue to join us in our adventures uh, at Hashtag59.com and also on all of our social media channels where you can find other events and contests we're doing. So on Instagram, we're Hashtag59 underscore travel. And Facebook, we're just Hashtag59. And then you can also, if you want to, you can follow Mike. And he is on Instagram at... Marketing Fun with Mike. And then I'm on Instagram as Amy underscore Carnes. And then you can follow Dave at Buck50Race. Yeah, and also, please, if you can, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And we would love it if you would leave us a review. So thanks for listening. Because adventure travel feeds the soul, peeps. Hashtag 59. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Amy. Stay in touch. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Bye. See you guys. Bye-bye.